This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and joining us here for the opening segment, Husker Online intern Mike Wheeler, fresh back from Oklahoma City, Mike. And I'll tell you what, you probably didn't realize uh, when you were down at Oklahoma City, a lot of things were going to play out on your drive home um, with Darren Erstad. And, and you were down there around this program for most of the season and obviously the Big Ten Tournament and the regionals, particularly in Oklahoma City. Let me ask you this, Mike, out of the gates. Did did you see any of this coming? I mean, you, you, I heard some people say his postgame press conference, you know, you, you could kind of sense he was a little bit different after the loss to UConn, but did you see this coming at all? I honestly did not see that coming. I mean, when you look back on it, there's, you know, things that you can kind of see and, you know, hindsight's always this and you can kind of pick apart uh, you can kind of pick something apart like that. But, you know, at the time, I, re- I really didn't think too much of it. Yeah, it, it, it was an interesting move. And, and now Nebraska's got to move forward, Robin. And, you know, everyone's focusing this baseball hire towards Rob Childress. I know Kendall Rogers, who former colleague of ours at Rivals.com when his site was with Rivals, has kind of put out there um, that Childress is, is a candidate at Nebraska um, but to me, there's a lot of things there that 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 are going to be hard to to figure out. I and mean, he makes eight hundred thousand um, dollars. Nebraska paid Darren Erstad two two hundred and change. The highest paid Big Ten baseball coach makes four hundred thousand before bonuses and other incentives. Uh, that's Eric Backage at Michigan. Um, Texas A&M charter travels for all their games. Big Ten teams fly Southwest Airlines and whatever flight they can get on to get home. Um, so you're talking about a lot of different things that you would have to put in play to even get to that level that I don't even know if it's realistic, knowing that you cannot make a revenue at Nebraska in baseball. Um, and even though the hire like this, I just don't see how, you know, they can get that far in the whole finance. I mean, they're not in the hole financially, but it would be a huge commitment. Yeah. I mean, especially to, to go from the resources and salary that Rob Childress is accustomed to right now, uh, Nebraska couldn't touch it. And that's just because, the, I mean, unless they just go all in on a sport that's not going to generate revenue, I mean, then you got to question, is that the right decision for an athletic department? And I honestly don't think so. I mean, you can make obvious cases for football and basketball, but when you get down to that next tier with baseball, um, I mean, you, you kind of got to work with what you have. And right now with, like you said, uh, baseball, just because of the logistics will never be a revenue sport because they don't get basically anything but ticket sales. And so the, to, throw out the idea they're going to throw or match 800,000 and all those other perks that come with a job that's, you know, a big program like Texas A&M to bring a guy up here in a conference that doesn't prioritize baseball and with the recruiting disadvantage of being in Northern school, lack of home games, lack of home games. I mean, there's just so many cons for Rob Childress to look at that Nebraska job. I mean, no matter what uh, his personal connections are here, and that'd be the one, one thing Nebraska could have is the ties that Rob Childress has to this program. I know he was very fond of this, of the state, the program. Uh, and then, you know, obviously he wanted that job when uh, Dave Van Horn left and they gave it to Mike Anderson and a lot of people criticize that move as kind of the undoing of Nebraska baseball. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. Now, Rob Childress, you know, his daughter just graduated from Nebraska this year. Mike, you knew it. Did you know his daughter? Uh, yeah, I was actually pretty good friends with her. We got Mike. We got some inside people on the, um, was she in a sorority? Um, I believe she was in AFI. 
All right. So we, we got some good intel here from our intern on the show. But Rob Childress owns a hunting cabin. Um, they call it a barn condo, a refurbished barn out by Ashland. So he's got some property still in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, loves the state, loves the area. Um, and I think the only thing to watch will be there is a new athletic director at Texas A&M, Ross Bjork from Old Miss, Kansas guy. Um, if, if there's any feeling at all that, you know, he's not safe. But I, I from the conversations I've had with people at Texas A&M, and I've talked to some pretty high level people there. There's just no way Bjork's going to be like, and by the way, you know, you might want to look at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That's just not even going on right now down there. He's made the regional all but one year there. He's made two College World Series. Um, but there was a report out there that Pat Casey, the national championship coach from Oregon State, was approached by A&M, but there's some holes in that report. A&M hadn't even hired Bjork yet. It was before A&M had a sitting AD. So hmm. I don't know. You know, Pat Casey said he's not coming back to Oregon State. He's done, done for now. Um, but, you know, an A&M report was out there that he was approached. And if there was any truth to that, maybe Rob Childers is like, you know what, I don't like what's going on right now. Yeah, and another issue, I mean, you take it for what it's worth, uh, but it sounds like Childress is going through a little bit of what Darren was going through, and you had a very vocal, maybe it's a minority, but you know, fans were getting a little restless with A&M, given the amount of uh, resources and um, just financial uh, boost put, put into that program that they're not winning more. They yeah. want him at Nebraska, their fans, when you go on their message yeah, boards. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, maybe that's part of it, where, you know, Childress is going to look at the situation and say, yeah, I have all these uh, positives at A&M, but I want to go where I'm wanted. And, you know, he would be embraced as, uh, you know, the same probably, I mean, the baseball equivalent of of a Frost and Hoiberg. I mean, just because he's the one guy that people have been clamoring for basically since the early 2000s when, when uh, Van Horn left. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about why Anderson was hired over Childress because it never really made much sense. I mean, mm-hmm. Anderson was the Mike Sanders guy. Uh, but he was Bill Burns' kind of source to help get Sanders fired. So he had some kind of protection from Burns years mm-hmm. ago and was rewarded to get the job where, you know, Childress was the Van Horn guy that came with Van Horn. So it, to me, it always made more sense. Why didn't you just give it to the Van Horn guy? Then there's the way out there conspiracy theory that Bill Burns knew he was going to go to A&M. But that's BS. <laughs> It was like a year later. That's some 4D chess moves I mean, right yeah, there. Yeah, and, 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 and how would you have known that you were going to fire the a yeah. baseball coach at that point? So that is the way out there theory. But, yeah, it will be something to watch. And then, you know, two guys that I know very well, Will Bolt, Justin Seeley, are the A&M assistants that are both highly interested in this position as well. Um, you know, both coached at Nebraska. Both had very good careers at Nebraska. Both have been at A&M now for a number of years. Both have coached in the junior college ranks down in Texas for a number of years. So they're kind of like the Dave Van Horn, Rob Childress starter kits. I mean, they're, they're they're the proteges of those guys coming up the ranks where you wouldn't have to pay $800,000. Exactly. Like you could get one of those guys probably for three to 400 and put them right towards the top of the conference salary pool. And, you know, will Moose go that route? Or is he on such a hot streak at the blackjack table that this hire has Double to down. Be, this has to be, <laughs> you know, a Bill the Bill Moose statue type of hire. Yeah. And I, I think the good news is that uh, if they were to go with the, that assistant round with either of those guys, and you put those resumes side by side, I mean, I know Will Bolt probably gets a little bit more of the attention. Sean, you can speak to this. But Justin Seeley 
he's got some got some clout to him too. So uh, I don't think they could go wrong with either of those hires. And the fact that they're both Nebraska legacy guys, uh, they understand the state, they understand the the advantages and disadvantages of this program, um, and they basically you know are coming from the Childress tree, which uh, is a pretty good lineage to come from. So. You know, I've seen some other names with the Heller guy from Iowa. Is that what? Yeah, that, yeah, that's the Kendall Rogers threw his name out too. And Iowa's committing heavily to baseball, and he's done a lot there. He's mm-hmm. a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a lot, a lot of things there. And you know, Nebraska could pay him more. There's no doubt. But I think Iowa would be at a position where they would match it. I, mm-hmm. I just think that. You know, unless it's like out of this world money, I think Iowa would would fight hard to keep him from going to a place like Nebraska. Right, and if Nebraska's throwing out of this world money, they could probably do better than Rick Heller. Yeah. So if yeah, exactly. If if you want to go, let's make him the highest paid coach, which is Eric Backage at four hundred thousand. They could do that to, but I think Iowa would match that because there's a talk about a new stadium and more facilities for baseball. Um, Iowa baseball is really. Uh, growing so there's a lot to watch a um, couple other things I want to get in this opening segment Robin um, CJ Smith entered his name in the mm-hmm. transfer portal um, somewhat of a surprise I think to a lot of folks because he was a four-star kid second four-star defensive back um, from the class that's put their name in the portal from last year's recruiting class Cam Jones being the other and I think this is a deal where Travis Fisher just kind of told him how it was, and, and he was not, in my opinion, going to be in a position to play this year mm-hmm. with the new four guys coming on campus and the other guys they already bring back. Um, and, you know, I think it was probably a deal where he knew that and Nebraska told him that, and, and he's moving on. Yeah, it's really surprising in the sense that before that injury, I mean, he was one of those true freshmen that was on the fast track to becoming a fixture in that rotation. Uh, he got himself onto the field in that Northwestern game and of as fate would have it, uh, blew his knee out, you know, in his first real game experience. And I know the coaching staff was really disappointed because uh, they they liked him and they liked him a lot. And so that knee injury kind of uh, was the beginning of the end for him here because, you know, while he was out, Nebraska kept on recruiting and they got some pretty darn good players coming up the ranks that are not only going to challenge for those jobs, but might have already surpassed him. Uh, and so, I mean, it's just kind of an unfortunate situation for CJ. I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere. He's too good of a player not to, but uh, I think this is more of a, a situation where Nebraska has better, younger talent coming up the ranks that just kind of passed CJ up uh, because of that time that he missed. And uh, we're going to hear more from Travis Fisher. I talked with him at length um, in Mercer uh, at Macon, Georgia in the, in the satellite camp. And Got that interview coming up on the show. Uh, Shannon uh, Furbrosh from Adidas is going to join us here on the show as well. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff from the road. I was on the road. Nate is still on the road, by the way. He's in Florida, South Florida, for both the FIU, FAU, and then the, the USF camp. So uh, no Nate in studio today. I'm gonna, we're going to try to maybe connect later in the show over the phone um, if we can get him. But we've got a lot. I've talked to four different coaches, so we're going to bring all those interviews to you as well here in the show. Briefly, too, Robin, Maurice Washington. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a good week for him. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those deals where I don't even think the issue is your, your opinion on um, you know the the legality issue of marijuana. Obviously he was caught in his dorm room with paraphernalia. It was a, that was a, hot, a pipe that was hot and it smelled like residue. And he, in his, so he I mean, was smoking weed in his room. Yeah. I mean, so, that, that, let's get down. I mean, that's, yes. that was going on. Yes. It's not easy to jump to that conclusion. And so the, the issue, you know, for me is just another instance of him making a very dumb decision. And it's now becoming a pattern of dumb decisions where at some point this kid needs to figure out how to stay out of his own way. And, you know, once is a mistake, 
two times is a concern and three times or more is a problem. And now we're getting into problem territory with him where you are literally in the middle of a felony court case and you choose to smoke marijuana, which, you know, whatever your opinions on it is illegal in Nebraska and it's illegal on campus at the University of Nebraska. And you're doing it in your dorm room with like little zero concern uh, for the potential consequences. And so, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that makes you pull your hair out if you're Scott Frost, that you have this kid with all this talent that just makes one mistake after another. And whatever the degree of those mistakes, it, it's becoming a, a problem because, I mean, it's just one thing after another. And at some point, there's going to be a breaking point. Yeah, and it, it's it, the thing that we don't know is when they do the drug test, has he failed any drug tests within the program? That's only something that Scott Frost and his guys would know. And at this point, you know, if, if they're sticking with him at this point, as far as we know, but you know, you got to almost put a guy like that on routine drug tests, yeah. even more like weekly, drug, hold his hand, r- weekly drug tests at that point, And one more and you're done type of thing, but he's already at that point. So a lot to get going. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to carry on, um, with the satellite camp coverage. Uh, I caught up with Shannon Furbrosh from Adidas. He's the director of U.S. Grassroots. Um, we talked about a lot of things, including the upcoming Pipeline Satellite Camp in Lincoln next week. Uh, we'll hear from Shannon Furbrosh next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.